welcome to another edition of hello educator in this episode we have swati jagdish on our show there are chances that you already know her swati has a background in psychology she does personal counseling for mothers on lactation pregnancy health and postpartum Swati has also equipped herself on sexuality health education. She has been conducting workshops for parents on all the topics I had mentioned before and uh, she does it across India. Swati is also the managing trustee of Coimbatore Parenting Network also known as uh, CPN. This interview focuses on uh, sexuality health education for children. Uh, the challenges faced by educators regarding this and uh, what are the pos- possible solutions for the same. This episode is slightly longer than our usual ones uh, but trust me it is totally worth your time without further delay let's jump into the episode Hi uh, Swati welcome to uh, Hello Educator Hi thank you thank you for calling me for this So you have a background in psychology mm. there are a lot of aspects to psychology be be it becoming an academician or mm, mm. Uh, uh, teaching about psychology or researching about psychology yeah, psychotherapy Yeah a lot of things are there yeah. but then uh, you have specifically chosen parenting things related to children uh, behavior and all that so uh, what made you take that choice yeah so um, even when i was doing psychology in college i had no clue what to do with it yeah so i i just got to know from others that this counseling uh, psychology school psychology marital psychology organization psychology and so many other things so i was never interested in clinical psychology which is whatever you have to do with uh, your disorders and depression and all mm-hmm. that i was never interested in it So I took organizational psychology and I uh, started my profession as a corporate trainer. So uh, from that I understood training is something that I I really love doing. When I when I have an audience in front of me, I get a high and uh, that's that's my safe space, my calm space is when I'm taking classes. So I thought okay, what all aspects can I take classes in which is not there in psychology? But then I make use of my skills as well. So this basic uh, qualification in psychology just gave me some inputs into the human mind that's all otherwise i wanted to make use of that uh, that knowledge and skill that i've got into some other field in which there is no psychologist so first when i thought there is something called lactation counseling so why do you have to explain about breastfeeding to somebody isn't breastfeeding that comes naturally So then I studied about it and I got to know there are hundreds of issues in lactation which a mother or a baby can go through and if a person who's well versed in psychology and counseling and talking uh, if she can get in this field then uh, you know she can she can really uh, make a difference so then I did lactation course and I started lactation counseling uh, once I started breastfeeding counseling the mothers who uh, got benefited by me they came back to me with other queries say uh, how to give uh, solid foods to my child then i started t- uh, taking classes on uh, on that then they started coming to me asking what kind of baby carrier to use or uh, do i go for cloth diapers or how do i how do i not use disposable diapers do i use menstrual cups how do i transition myself from pads to cups uh, what about gentle parenting uh, can i get some inputs from you how do you parent your child uh, so as and when my child grew my clients also started coming with different issues I just started helping them out and to help them out I did different different courses just to equip myself recently I just ventured into sexuality from parenting to uh, sexual health education yeah. like uh, what made you do that yeah. so um 
So I mainly guide my clients based on how I'm guiding my child. So say with regard to solids, uh, I don't force feed her. I don't use distraction to feed her. Like what is done in the conventional method. People say stories or they show the TV or phone or whatever to feed the children. So I don't do that. So these basic uh, points I give give off to my clients and say this is what I'm doing. This is working for me. Please try this out. And I also give them some evidence-based information to back my uh, information also. So that's what I used to do. So when it came to sexuality, um, I, I didn't know there was a field uh, called sexuality health or anything. I just I just went with the flow. I started using the right terminology of gentle organs for my child. That was what I did in the beginning. So the moment she was one, one and a half, I started saying, you know, this is this is vulva this is uh, so uh, many many girls do know that no do not know that their genital is called a vulva not a vagina so there's some basic information that people lack again uh, people don't call a penis a penis they say we and other uh, euphemisms to you know the basic organ but then for a shoulder you say shoulder for a neck you say neck for a ear you say ear for all the other things when they can be very casual uh, to their child why can't they be casual about a uh, general organs also that was something I, I kept thinking about and wherever I read about sexual abuse the uh, mm, the basic point that they start on is please use right terminology for the genitals that's the basic point they start on so I was doing that for my child this was there then basic conversations about periods because my child sees me going in and out of the bathroom and I bathe her so she definitely sees me during my period so I had to explain what that is about to her uh, then general things like you know who are all safe adults uh, who whom should who should really touch her or kiss her? Who shouldn't do that? And um, I started standing up to people who were touching her inappropriately. In the sense, people who come and pinch children. There are people who really cannot keep their hands to themselves. You know, people who really want to pinch and hug children. So to them, I started standing up. I started telling, please do this to my child. And that's when my child started standing up for herself. So then I realized, one, unless and until the parent stands up, the child will not have the intricate or, or the, the innate ability to stand up to adults. So I need to model that behavior. So all these things were going on. Then what happened, my clients started coming uh, to me with the specific queries. Like, my child just saw my husband's penis. What do I do? How do I handle it? Uh, my, my, my child was watching porn. What do I do? How do I react? Or I see my child touching his or her genitals. How, how do I go about it? I screamed at him. I, I knew I, I know I shouldn't be doing it, but then what, what else should I do? So when these questions came about, I was researching on where to send these parents. Because I was not dealing with it. I wanted them to go to the expert. So when I researched, I couldn't find anybody other than NGOs who were taking safe touch and safe touch classes or proper sex therapists who were discussing sexuality. So these parents would definitely not benefit from a general good touch, bad touch, sorry, safe touch and safe touch class they wouldn't definitely go to a sex therapist also. So there should be somebody in between who can guide them on various aspects of sexual health. That was when I decided to do a course because I couldn't find anybody. So I did the course to help out parents because I couldn't find anyone that would help them. So then what happened? Then my parenting journey also got smoother and I started guiding parents on how to go about it. Now whoever has attended my sessions, they are cracking the sex talk very comfortably. So they're able to talk about anything under the sun to their children, thereby uh, creating a very, very clear communication channel between both of them. Yeah, so that, that's what I'm doing. This is actually very, uh, very, very interesting. Uh, it's more like your purpose has been to help your child. That's and right. in that journey, you're helping your peer mothers is something Absolutely. I, it's yeah. fascinating to me. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, 
it's it's wonderful that that you're doing and i i really want to discuss on the aspects that you've been uh, mentioning with respect to sex so um there is always this uh, thought like age appropriate oh, talking yeah, right yeah. Uh, like do we have an appropriate age where uh, we start talking about sex yeah. or should we be the first person to talk to the child about sex as parents or as teachers or educators do uh, do we have to only answer when the uh, child comes up with that question so okay. how do we see the entire spectrum yes yeah so my sessions are based on international sexuality health curriculum uh, because uh, one of the countries that has a very very low rate of uh, rapes or uh, abuse or any kind of sexual perversion is uh, netherlands okay and that the reason behind this is netherlands has a very uh, established uh, comprehensive sexuality health curriculum uh, from kindergarten okay so according to them the top from to start at least by 5 or 6 okay so that's what they and there are many advantages of uh, starting early number one children will not understand parents awkwardness so when the child is grown say 8 or 9 if you're calling the child we have to talk there is a talk please come <laughs> they like me run the opposite direction okay, okay. so when it's a younger child child's a blank slate just like you explain about horses or volcano or a car engine or something else that the child asks this is just like that for them okay we are the ones who have lot of preconceived notions and lot exactly. of fear that we project onto the child because when we we think of sex we think of the first time we had sex the last time we had sex the number of sexual partners the bad experiences the good experiences we have billion things that come into our mind the child is a blank slate so they don't they don't really observe the parent awkwardness number 2 they will get information from other kids otherwise when mm. you think a child is too young they are getting information from other kids another and another thing is showing or exploring their genitals actually start off by four or five hmm. so when they are amidst other kids hmm. i know in school and all i've shown my panties to i think the entire class hmm. <laughs> when i was four years old the entire class was showing each other hmm. okay so these things happen and with your with your with your cousin hmm. say the parents are not there hmm. these kind of things actually happen yeah so we need to uh, we need to give awareness before the child encounters something or gets exposure to something and that age is perfect and sex talks are really not one talk I remember my mom used to give a sex talk. Used to laugh, just once, just once she gave a sex talk, and that was all about periods. She said something about blood. I don't remember the rest, actually. So that was the only time we have spoken about something like this. But actual sexuality health curriculum tells you that sex talks are talks that range from age two till fifty. Hmm. They are actually two hundred one-minute conversations on several topics. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it it is a consistent activity. It needs to keep happening again and again and again, age appropriately. Again, okay. coming back age appropriately. So say age two and three, they know genitals, ah, hmm. uh, periods, because they say their mother going yeah. in out of bathroom, covering the pad or whatever. And hmm. then by age four or five or six, making babies, sex has to be explained. Um, through any species, they can show any species and they can teach the child. They're making babies. This is how babies are made. Uh, it's actually very simple you know man woman sperm egg baby simple so in their own uh, language in, in a very gentle loving manner they can explain these things there's lot of scripts about how these need to be taken forward to the child and whenever there is a sex talk the child the parent has to make sure that there is a fact and a value associated with it so when they communicate about sex the value associated with it is sex is not for children so this is the value that we're giving a you know for it So whenever there is a sex talk, there is a value associated with it. Say, for example, a child is asking about transgenders. So the fact is that transgenders are they they exist. This is what it is. 
the value associated with it is whatever the value the parent holds if what is the value does the parent know who is a transgender true yeah so that's what i i figure out in my classes when i discuss about many things say simple things like abortion they don't know what it is they don't know till when it is legal so they they themselves are very confused is, is it okay is it not okay which means the parents own value system is not clear so regarding slut shaming or fat shaming what the parent actually feels has a parent really done fat shaming to somebody in the family the child is observing all that mm. so anything related to the body is related to sexuality mm. so yeah so sex talks are uh, best done when the child is young enough and uh, to not wait and the answer to your second question there are very tough kids kids who don't ask questions just because kids don't ask questions doesn't mean they don't need answers everybody need needs answers even to tough kids we have to take the conversation forward we have to start talking to them uh, before somebody else talks or the child is in curiosity mode and the child is in uh, research mode the child is already researching on it so we were talking about uh, sexuality health education so i'll just give you an example about my childhood okay so uh, you know i had a sister and sister and we have a certain bond like as a young uh, yeah. young children we used to play we used to fight we used to do the wwf uh, okay. thing everything used to uh, happen yeah and uh, the age gap was like one or two years okay. and uh, one fine day she suddenly became a became a big girl mm-hmm. and uh, she is all street treated with all extra food mm-hmm. you know, she gets extra eggs okay. uh, she has a ceremony okay. uh, the uncles come with uh, tattu and uh, gifts apples and, and uh, gifts and money <laughs> and gold and okay. all that okay. and then like i am all of the same age yeah. uh, i start getting uh, jealous and then later uh, uh, you know i am not allowed to uh, touch or uh, play or mm-hmm. uh, do anything like that okay. on the other uh, side at the school so during the assembly you have an announcement and uh, they say eighth standard ninth standard tenth standard girls stay back all the boys boys can leave mm. so we do not know what exactly happens there i probably did not know until i you know reached college or almost uh, passed out college i did not know what that conversation right, right. was happening Let, let's discuss about that okay so two things number one uh, boys have to be educated about girls bodies about menstruation uh, and as far as i know today men are really open to uh, all these discussions and they are very considerate and empathetic and they are really not like the men of pre- previous generation who thought it's none of our business to know about what the woman is going through today men are very very compassionate uh, beings uh, they are the ones who actually buy the sanitary napkins from the mm. store for the woman so he also need to know from childhood so that he knows what she is going through because for a girl it is mostly from boys that she has heard uh, teases and taunts when she probably seen her skirt or something so girls also are uh, scared of what boys think uh, there's this huge aura of ooh what are they thinking about what's happening <laughs> yeah. with our body what if i stain my skirt and somebody sees it so it's just blood is a normal body secretion like you sweat and it's not in your control also so if the boys to get to know that it makes life for the girls and the boys easier okay there's no secrecy in that in that aspect number 2 comes to uh, secrecy sorry ah, for the interruption yeah, no, no, no. like it's more than staining the skirt it's about hiding sanitary pads oh yeah definitely there's a newspaper the, yeah, yeah, it's covered yeah, and yeah. It's, it's called bread yeah. it's called and, bread yeah <laughs> and we are always curious like what the heck is that yeah sure <laughs> 
so yeah, yeah. and again you know uh, uh, media also plays a huge role you know showing blue liquid instead of red for that matter and me as a girl i never knew what is blue liquid <laughs> that's going to come into the pack. yeah so i asked my mother what is it no it is for uh, it is for blotting the ink that's mm. what she said <laughs> oh for blotting ink you huh? have separate text for okay. it and why is a girl acting in it anybody mm. can act in it if it mm. blotting it blotting ink so yeah so the media also doesn't help much and uh, so yeah so number one boys need to be educated number two um nobody really cares about puberty in boys yes so they go through was, a lot yeah. yeah they go through a lot it's almost an overnight change that happens in mm. their body smell um hair growth and their ejaculation and so many things happen to the boy also which nobody is really bothered about so he is really isolated in that aspect you know he gets only his peer Ostracized, group basically yeah he gets only his peer group discussed to and that's mm. when the wrong information start getting yeah. in so when he is not able to open up to his father mm. or to anybody for that matter in the family mm. he he feels isolated and mm. when everybody is giving special consideration for girl as though only her puberty matters um yeah that's when boys it is really celebrated come yeah. on what it is not what matters it is celebrated it is okay yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. an occasion for the family true 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 <laughs> So yeah so my point will be boys also have to be educated um so that both their lives get easy and uh, boys puberty has to be talked about yeah do you know any schools or uh, or any any curriculum that in india like uh, does anyone do that uh, having sexuality education as a part of the curriculum no nothing uh, just yesterday i came to kerala chief minister is very interested in getting sex education into the curriculum so okay. probably some aspects of body gender hmm. uh, some aspects of sexuality might be part of the curriculum i mean obviously all of this cannot be in the curriculum because uh, most of it is the parents responsibility to communicate to the child i don't really think child sexual health is the school's responsibility hmm. school has hundreds of other things to do it is really not their responsibility but yeah basic things like um you know uh, hormones and puberty and what are the changes that will go to in you and how you need to respect another gender how you need to behave with another person basic things like periods and all the, it's not there in our curriculum mm-hmm. even periods for that matter where do we even study about periods mm-hmm. there's something in biology it's always skipped yeah it's always skipped <laughs> the, the biology teacher herself or himself says yeah you read it by yourself yeah. or uh, my biology teachers teacher did not even tell that okay yeah so they have their own uh, shame and personal yeah. uh, things to deal with so yeah so if it gets into the curriculum i think kerala will be the first one because as of now there is no other state that's following any of it mm. only thing schools are doing is they have associated with some ngos that take classes on sexual abuse okay so the ngo volunteers are getting into schools and taking these sessions for the children mm. which will not be good in long term because mm. again i'm telling you fact can be communicated by the school value needs to come from the parent mm. so if for example in a school an 8 year old girl is being given education on uh, safe and unsafe touch and if the creepy uncle who is abusing her is coming to her house every day what will she do mm. she has first of all have a clear communication with the parent mm. the parent himself the yeah they contact, don't basically. even talk about these yeah. things yeah. they are trusting that uncle so much mm. he coming on a daily basis this girl is traumatized mm. whom will she talk to mm. and and it's a proven fact that children who open up about the abuse mm. are doing only after a year mm. a whole year they mm. have it to themselves we have people who have been abused in the childhood and opening up only after the oh yeah uh, the, the you know, now yeah me yeah, campaign and all yeah. true true yeah. so it it creates a big scar and and if this education is in place the main good thing that's going to happen is maybe children will open about it 
better mm. or abusers can be said mm. that this education is you know mm. going on in schools mm. so he or she whoever is the abuser they will be probably a little scared to go ahead mm. because the child is anyway getting educated at school so these are the good things that have happened mm. but un- until and unless a parent is open to the child the child mm. is not going to open up to the parent about this mm. abuser mm-hmm. yeah so there's it's a good thing that schools are starting this but that's not the only thing parents also need the education mm. and where will parents get the education from educators like us and when mm. we host uh, classes mm. not many actually turn up mm-hmm. uh, they think it's unnecessary and they are actually uh, ashamed and embarrassed mm. and scared mm. to come for these sessions because mm. first of all sexuality is a huge taboo Mm. what is she going to talk about sexuality in a public forum oh how will <laughs> i go there so yeah it's slowly picking up it might take another 10 years sometime before i die i might have, you know do a good job with sexuality health education i just started it so that because a lot of girls have actually got inspired by me and mm. they have started doing lactation specific courses yeah so the same thing i wish could happen would happen yeah. maybe somebody if they get inspired by whatever i'm doing mm. uh maybe if they also get into it need more uh, sexual educators actually yes. there's not many yeah yeah um yeah uh, uh, now that we are talking about the creepy uncle and mm-hmm. stuff like that uh one thing that comes up to my mind is uh, about the challenges that we as male educators face mm-hmm. okay? okay so when i take a class okay. i have children of varied ages right okay now the 8 year old or 9 year old like this is full on you right? okay okay ஒன்னாட்டிங்ஸ்ட் Mm. certain things mm. so she is hesitant to approach me to uh, get her oh. out clarified or okay. all that okay and second thing is uh, since we are working with children young mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. um the physical touch has a significant impact mm. in appreciating what the child does okay la tale la tadi odrado something like that right. pat on the back right. right now the same thing cannot be <coughs> done mm. i mean it's not like cannot be done it's not taken in a very positive way mm. when it's done to a older child mm. although the child needs and she wants wants an appreciation from the uh, educator in in different forms mm-hmm. so now this has always been a challenge for us as uh, uh, male educators um so uh, i mean how can we uh, tackle such kind of uh, uh, situations what are your thoughts and what are your inputs uh, regarding okay. this uh number one we really don't know what information the child's parents have conveyed to the child don't go to any men or be uh, be uh, skeptical about any man approaching you uh for example my mom told me not to sit on my dad's lap after attending periods and that was the end of the relationship between me and my dad yes okay yeah. because i started seeing mom as a sexual predator hmm. okay which is very wrong information given from my mother's side obviously she didn't know any better so um yeah so we don't know what the child's parents have conveyed to her now if a proper uh, safe and unsafe touch session has happened somewhere if the mm. child is aware aware of what is safe and unsafe the child can actually distinguish in his or her mind whether this touch is uh, good or bad um yeah the child knows it yeah child knows it yeah the child knows it ah. the problem is how it is perceived yeah okay 
so now we are put in a very awkward situation okay so we know that the child needs it okay. the child knows it okay but then you cannot do that in a public space okay or in front of her uh, parents or other parents okay. they always like what are these guys doing on the mari and again talking about like putting putting in lot of effort in mm. uh, mm. in the education space and all like again there is another stigma like oh daddy vechirna Mm. you know he's 30 years old not married yeah. like what is he doing true, true. so that that perception is also there it's it's we we have always found it very uh, tricky and we are not able to address it i think not just us there are a lot of uh, male educators okay. who are into the teaching space are uh, struggling uh, with this like okay. so so that approach is yeah so my my only suggestion will be see for example you choose a daycare you choose a daycare for your child you're a mother who working the whole day and you're choosing a daycare now we hear so many stories of nannies hitting uh, babies in yes. the daycare yes. you see so many gory videos also of hitting and thrashing mm. these babies now how do we choose a daycare despite all that mm. we check for certain parameters okay we check if the child student um, child teacher ratio is okay mm. we also check if the place is clean mm. safe we also check for ccd camera ccdv cameras mm. we ask the teacher can you do a live streaming every day and mm. the parent can observe in the phone itself on a daily basis these kind of mm. thing are there so what is happening is a parent and school uh, both of them are they are coming to a consensus where you know i can trust you if you do certain things the school is like okay please trust us we will do certain things for mm. you so that way there is a bond that's created between both mm. these people and the parent can trust the place now as a, as educators what you can do is probably they can have this safe and unsafe touch communication for parents teachers everybody together where the parent trusts the organization and the people in it by understanding that okay they've gone through these things they are trained to uh, be with my children they'll never take it in another you know sense or anything and mm-hmm. a child is also aware of these things mm-hmm. my child will report to me if something happens mm-hmm. you know it, it's sort of a very give and take kind of thing it's a win win actually mm-hmm. the school is also happy that the parents are trusting them mm-hmm. parents are happy that the school is or mm-hmm. the employees are all trained in these things mm-hmm. child is also aware of these things so even if something happens the child will come and report and children never lie about these things mm-hmm. and it's always something to do with the touch mm-hmm. it's not the place yes it's to do with the feeling that the child has when the touch or inappropriate gesture mm. happens mm. that's why we are aiming at safe and unsafe touch mm-hmm. so even if it's a touch on the hand mm. if it feels unsafe the mm. child can actually tell somebody mm-hmm. uh, this is okay just please don't touch me mm-hmm. they can actually tell so that assertiveness behavior needs to come into the child mm-hmm. where will it come from mm. from the parent emulating the behavior the mm. parent itself is somebody who sits in a wedding um <laughs> a wedding hall and if some auntie comes and uh, teases uh, the parent if the parent is somebody who is ignore these things mm-hmm. the child will also learn to do the same thing mm-hmm. so ultimately it's all falling on the parent only that's mm-hmm. my point mm-hmm. so from the school side what can be done is see we are organizing this all our staff is aware of these things please come and join mm-hmm. so that you can start trusting the staff yeah something <laughs> like that if uh, parents do like how mm-hmm. dk centers offer mm-hmm. cctv streaming mm-hmm. schools and actually can do that mm-hmm. see until all parents are educated on these things we have to take an extra step for mm-hmm. example i'll tell you mm-hmm. uh, i was at a restaurant uh, recently mm-hmm. and my child can really stand up to touch mm-hmm. if she doesn't like somebody touching my mm-hmm. child can actually tell them 
please don't touch me mm. okay she tells that without even caring about whether the person mm. likes it or not okay mm. whether the person is close or not if she doesn't like it she can tell that mm. because mm. i have modeled that behavior for her mm. now at this restaurant uh, a server mm. uh, he wanted to engage my child while me and my husband were mm. finishing up the dinner mm. okay which is mm. a good gesture on mm. his side he came to her they were talking suddenly this guy touches her cheek mm. like this or something mm. okay he just pinches her mm. cheeks and before my child could respond i responded mm. please don't touch her and talk mm. you can talk but without touching the boy was really taken aback okay he was like oh yo i didn't do anything i just touched her <laughs> i was like yeah, i know i know you didn't do anything mm. but she doesn't like it okay and uh, my child would have responded but i just you know did it mm. okay and he he moved back and he said sorry okay i just casually spoke to your daughter Not, mm. nothing like that and he he left maybe he was cursing me in his head i don't know what he was doing okay he mm. left but what i did was after the dinner got over they i they gave me a feedback form and in the feedback form i didn't mention his name or anything mm. i just mentioned mm. um who whoever is the employer reading it if you can train your employees to talk to children or engage them without touching them parents can be at is we can be peaceful about mm. it so it's nothing to do with the particular guy or any of these guys it's just that if the corporate itself can take up mm. you know training in the for example if we get into uber in bangalore or bombay there is a even in chennai there is a there is a board inside the uber itself this driver respects women mm. he has attended so and so psychological centers training mm. on respecting mm. women or something mm. is written in there mm. it gives you a sense of mm. you know uh, yeah, yeah it, it gives you a huge relief so that way employers schools organizations can mm. take up mm. the initiative of training mm. the crowd that they have on these po- points until the news reaches everybody mm. like how in the beginning nobody knew about pads and suddenly now everybody after a movie padman everybody in all villages everybody started using pads mm. like that it can slowly reach everybody mm. it will take a long time but it has to start somewhere mm. educators like us mm. you guys organizations schools mm. they are they can all take up the task of mm. training their um, faculty mm. on mm. these mm. topics yeah okay fantastic <laughs> i think we are definitely going to do yeah. so this is the only practical yeah. solution yeah. yeah there's nothing else that we can yeah. do yeah probably a movie maybe mm. a movie if it comes on these lines mm. it can reach a larger uh, mm. group of audience maybe mm. that's the maximum that can happen yeah. nobody is to read books and educate mm. themselves mm. on anything yeah yeah <coughs> Man, talking about padman uh, it just immediately reminded me of uh, we we used to uh, i mean we still do a lot of community events so like open for everyone who can come and attend all that mm-hmm. so we did a session on sustainable menstrual practice two okay. years back okay okay now our goal was to have Uh, more mom and child mm-hmm. both boys and girls okay okay and specifically mention that please bring your child no matter it is a boy or a girl or mm-hmm. you know but they are hesitant to bring mm-hmm. i've literally spoke to people they like no okay. i mean either they say no or they just like no no i have some other work and okay. things like that this is a very very good uh, uh, session where um, the uh, speakers spoke about menstrual cups i mean whatever you okay. guys have been doing okay. this similar thing she was uh, doing it okay. but they are hesitant to bring their uh, mm. child for okay. Uh, okay. such sessions mm. i mean since you've been in this uh, sexuality health education like uh, how have you been handling this like how 
how are you making people attend this i really want to know that <laughs> ah if only you knew how difficult it is for me okay so two things number one there was a school um, I, i don't want to tell the name of the school they did uh, the sexuality health session uh, with me mm. they were around um, uh, 30 40 uh, parents who attended the session mm. um i think uh, they charge the parents very less and the school mm. funds uh, mm. paid me so mm. somehow they made it happen mm. so they just announced it saying the school is doing this session it's on abuse mm. so when it's abuse parents mm. are more scared they consent yeah. if we tell sexuality and sexuality health mm. porn and masturbation what is all going mm. to be the topics or content of this class i'm sure half of them would not turn up mm-hmm. they just said it's on abuse mm. it's on um helping the child uh, mm. you know be safe and healthy mm-hmm. okay and uh, identifying sexual predators how mm. to identify if a person is a predator mm. so uh, we are going to educate the parents on how to help the children mm. so since that was a, a brief that is given to the parents mm. they came mm-hmm. they didn't know about the entire content in fact mm. when i started talking about vulva and penis just like that they were all shocked <laughs> shell shocked they were like oh, how is this woman going from here yeah. uh, but at the end of the session they all they 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 all had a halo behind their head okay. they were oh ivlo vishayangal iruka sexuality la ayyo sir inneke poi immediately they are able to start off the sex talk because mm. my job is to break all the ice mm. around this topic mm. okay and from the same school i got a request uh, asking mm. um, uh, ma'am our um, mothers are finding it very difficult mm. so called urban educated women okay mm. young women mm. are finding it difficult to communicate about periods to their girls mm. so can you come for a session where we can make the mothers and daughters sit together mm. and we can take this session mm. i said sure why not mm. i'll break the ice for you people mm. okay ma'am but you shouldn't uh, talk about any other sexuality related aspect see i'm mm. talking about the sexual organ something related to that a child is asking or for the answer i have to answer no no can you just restrict it to just periods alone mm. periods is not a solo topic there's mm. so many things associated with it if the child is asking okay you, you say you can use menstrual cups mm. but the urethra is just above it can we mm. pee if the menstrual cup is inside is a mm. basic question which mm. means i have to educate her on the anatomy as well mm. so you can't restrict me like that mm. if you want to do the session we'll do the session we'll rock it mm. but if you have your personal inhibitions and fear mm. first deal with it and then come come back to me mm. okay number one number two so yeah i told they people are really scared and they have their own <laughs> inhibitions when it comes to these sessions mm. number two mm. when i have a session 99 percentage of moms they're finding it very difficult to bring their partner Okay, mm. so but the father also has a huge role, and when it comes to yeah. the child sexuality, what if the child is getting periods when only the father is up? Mm. What if he's a single dad? Mm. What if his boy is going through puberty? He has mm. to talk about body. Mm. So fathers have huge role in all these things. It's just that they are also very scared and shy mm. and, mm. Uh, and embarrassed when it comes to these sessions. So it's mm. difficult for my. women audience to bring their partners as well mm. and whoever has brought a partner they're really thankful mm. to me uh, to have mentioned in the poster please come as a couple mm. i i also i also give discounts if they come as a couple yeah. okay right. yeah. <laughs> so that's just to motivate them to come yeah. as a couple but whoever has attended solo mm. uh, the main feedback they say is oh, i wish i, I could have brought him <laughs> how will i go and explain all these things to him even in in between both of us we don't discuss sexuality <laughs> so you would have broken a lot of ice mm. for him so that's mm. what they say so yeah as i told you it's going to take a long time mm. but yes now like how everybody has warmed up to breastfeeding 5 mm. years back when i came to this field mm. of lactation mm. i couldn't see breastfeeding the word even anywhere mm. i used to see mother feeding room 
Mm. Yeah, baby feeding room. Mm. All these things. Nowadays, I'm mm. able to see breastfeeding rooms. Mm. The word breast is slowly getting desexualized. Mm. Yeah. And uh, if we make a noise, mm. uh, colleges and all will start doing awareness programs very often. Mm. Like five years back when I started with Coimbatore Parenting Network, when mm. me and my, one, mm. some of my mm. friends, we started with it. Mm. We found it so difficult to take an awareness mm. in a college. Mm. This year, when we mm. did in August, colleges were calling us. Mm. Please come and talk about this. Yeah. Okay. And when when we requested for COVID, uh, I mean for yeah, uh, yeah. mixed crowd, yeah. some colleges are okay with it. Okay. Some of them were slowly warming up to it. Some mm. of them were okay with it. Mm. Next year, I'm sure it's going to be better mm. because social media has a huge impact on all these mm. things. When everybody keeps posting about breastfeeding mm. information that entire mm. week, mm. somehow or the other information is getting mm. into the rotary, the mm. you know the little little associations mm. or organizations that are there. Mm. They're slowly warming up to it. Like that, I told mm. you before I die, mm. sexuality also. <laughs> will uh, yeah. probably seep in everywhere yeah i mean since you brought up coimbatore uh, parenting network like uh, you've been you guys have been doing a phenomenal job with respect to uh, you know breastfeeding and uyurthuli and yeah yeah uh, things that i really wanted to thank you and appreciate you for the work that you've been doing i really enjoyed the achamilai series of uh, <laughs> photographs okay. which was like fantastic thank i mean, you, thank you. I mean uh, now like i mean i have my own friends who cannot talk about uh, Uh, menstrual hygiene or uh, uh, breastfeeding when i am around mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now this achamilai series itself has actually broken that cool so it, 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 <laughs> conversation starter yeah, actually yeah, yeah. what are so these people doing they are doing oh very yeah. breastfeed pandranga yeah. oh very well breastfeed pannalama yeah. it's a conversation starter yeah, no yeah yeah, yeah yeah so thank so, you for yeah. that thank you yeah. thank you yeah i mean you mentioned about doing a class on periods alone and not talking about other sexuality related like what uh, i happen to think about this thing called cross dressing uh uh-huh. okay so as a child the child is be curious yeah. the child wants to know how it feels to wear dad's footwear mm-hmm. how it feels to wear mom's dresses mm-hmm. doesn't know what gender is or anything else yeah. uh, the same cross dressing happens after uh, puberty so now what happens is like what we have uh, observed is this cross dressing at a earlier stage itself is freaking out parents they are getting paranoid mm-hmm. uh, should they get paranoid is one question <laughs> okay uh, the second thing is like uh, uh, now how do you generally see this like have you have you come across mm-hmm. this have you be have you ever addressed such kind of uh, issues uh, to clients yes yeah so um um so i know many parents who have uh, asked me the same question because their mm-hmm. sons want to uh try the mother's bangles or lipsticks or nail polish uh this usually happens at the age of 2 3 4 5 okay beyond that this doesn't usually continue because the child is observing the society child is able to understand that certain things certain people are not doing mm. for example for my child when i when i was applying nail polish to her she asked me why is papa not applying it mm. i didn't tell her boys don't do it i mm. just told her papa doesn't like, like to it. apply yeah. nail polish that's why he's not applying but now at age of 5 5 and half she knows that men are not doing it mm. because she is also observing other people mm. yeah she she is not stupid enough to believe what i am telling her no mm. she'll have her own again the same thing i i i take her to the boys section when we have to take mm. clothes because mm. i get all blacks navy mm. blues and mm. interesting colors and uh, mm. you know prints all in the boys section mm. the girls section everywhere i'm seeing one red and pink and orange mm. only mm. 
okay so i i hate these colors i want some dark <laughs> interesting colors also yeah. and and again in the boys section i find awesome mm. i find captain uh, marvel mm. yeah. i find different kinds of uh, prince in girls it's always angel and fairy and Barbie. dark ha uh, daddy's princess <laughs> so these kind of things are there and i'm fed up with these kind of things so i myself take a conscious effort to do that even then my child lo- loves pink and purple mm. Mm. Okay, so despite me telling her there mm. is no gender for colors, mm. she she still has that liking because mm. that the cartoons she watches, the mm. girls are all wearing pink, so that naturally happens. Mm. We can't do anything about it. Now, mm. my my girl had a phase at age mm. two, three, four where mm. she refused to wear skirts and frocks. Mm. She always had to be in pants. Mm. So we got like hundred pants for her mm. so that she can be mati potikla. And suddenly when phase got over, she hated pants. <laughs> now we have some hundred pants with us. Right. Okay, now we are all buying frocks and uh, this thing. So the thing is, if it, since it's a girl, mm. nobody's bothered. Mm. If it was a boy that's doing the opposite thing, suddenly everybody's bothered. Mm-hmm. Why? What is wrong about mm. femininity? Mm. What is wrong about being a little feminine? Mm. For example, I love men who can mm. wear pink because I believe mm. he is confident about his masculinity. Mm-hmm. That's why he's carrying off the color well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the way I see it. Mm. So for me, if a child does these things, mm. it's mostly ninety percent just a face. Mm. It's going to change, mm. like how they don't crawl after they learn walking. Mm. Th- these are all milestones that the child is crossing. Mm. So let them cross it beautifully. We'll just help them. Mm. We'll just. We just appreciate what they're doing. Oh, you want some nail polish? Come, let's put some mm. nail polish. But nail polish is it okay for school? Mm. Is the school okay with it? Mm. No, Amma, then just put on my feet. I'll put mm. shoe. No, nobody mm. will see. Okay, cool. Mm. Nothing is going to happen if this the boy wears nail polish. Mm. Okay, if his friends are teasing him, he has to learn to study, stand up for himself. Mm. He needs to tell other people. Mm. See, I'm I'm wearing it because I like it. Mm. My mom wore it for me. There's nothing wrong in wearing it. Mm. He should just tell all these things. Mm. When my daughter went really short on the mm. hair, there were some kids who actually said, "Why wears all your hair? You look mm. like a boy." Mm. I'm not a boy. I'm mm. I. I'm a girl. Mm. That's what she said. Enough. Enough mm. said. Mm. What more is the, is to be discussed about it? Mm. Okay, so the children have to be confident about themselves. Mm. This confidence and self-esteem comes through the parents only. Mm-hmm. The parents themselves tease, "Oh, mm. you're wearing nail polish. You're looking mm. like a girl. Mm. It's so silly." Mm. Then the child starts feeling bad about it. Mm. Now, after being a face, mm. if it resurfaces, mm. say during pre-pubescent years, mm. if the child only wants to play with girls, mm. only want to be around girls, mm. not interested in anything that boys. Conventionally do conventional mm. in quotes. Mm. Conventionally do play with uh, vehicles or whatever. Then the macho. parents, ah uh, yeah, <laughs> macho things. Then the parents can start observing the child. Mm. Is it a consistent behavior? Mm. Is the child really opposing things that are of the of the same uh, mm. you know gender preferences? If he's completely having a different preference, mm. then they can start observing. And if they can hundred percent identify that uh, mm. change in the child. Uh, they can probably go sit with the counselor as a family and mm. discuss on how to go forward, mm. how to help the child. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So gender dysphoria is a very common thing. Uh, the only thing is, see, the child should know the parent is open to discussions. Mm-hmm. If the parent themselves are very uh, gender phobic, mm-hmm. say, um, if a transgender person comes to the car begging mm-hmm. for arms, mm-hmm. the parent, okay, you give arm, you don't give arm, whatever. But when the parent, when the person leaves, mm-hmm. what the parent says mm-hmm. molds the child's value. Mm-hmm. If they say, "Oh, these stupid people—they are all begging mm. on bike, and they go for some job or something," mm-hmm. 
if they say oh, if somebody gives them job opportunities would they be begging mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. it makes a huge difference for child mm-hmm. so if the parent is open to these things the child is always watching mm-hmm. then the child will come and confide mm-hmm. no amma i only like boys mm-hmm. no amma i don't want to dress like this i mm-hmm. want to wear makeup i mm-hmm. like doing all these things only mm-hmm. because currently i have a person on my insta handle who is mm-hmm. messaging me he's mm-hmm. a, a 35 year old man in kochi mm-hmm. who cross dresses every day mm-hmm. and posts pictures uh, of himself mm-hmm. um, in very erotic poses mm-hmm. on instagram Mm-hmm. without showing his face properly mm-hmm. so he has a wig he has many mm-hmm. uh, girls clothings mm-hmm. inner wear everything is there he just mm-hmm. wears everything feels mm-hmm. it feels very good for him mm-hmm. he's 35 plus uh when i asked him he said he's never going to get married because mm-hmm. people are all frantically looking for alliances for him mm-hmm. um there are many people are stuck in relationships also because mm-hmm. of these issues mm-hmm. because they are not able to open up to anybody mm-hmm. so his aim is to save money mm-hmm. and by the age of 40 he mm-hmm. wants to go to bangkok for mm-hmm. the uh, for the surgery mm-hmm. for the gender uh, change surgery yeah so that's what he is in mm-hmm. so all that that is when i asked him he said it was very consistent behavior that he was showing mm-hmm. it was never a face for him mm-hmm. it was very consistent only at one point what happened it pay everybody by mm-hmm. by the time he was a preteen say 10 to 11 12 mm-hmm. people started really teasing him mm-hmm. and uh, you know irritating him or that's when he started hiding mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. okay now he secretly uh, doing all those things what if parents were open to it mm. we would have told it by now we would have gone got the reassignment mm. surgery probably mm. done mm. yeah yeah so that's it so if it's a child mm. mostly it will be a face mm. if it is consistent we have signed up for this we have signed up for unconditionally loving our child we have to <laughs> love the child despite whatever the child yes. turns into yes yeah? yes yes yeah fantastic i mean it, it is a nice way if you uh, put it up while in this side of the world we are doing a lot of things to educate children educate parents educate teachers and all that there is another side of the world the branded child pornography mm-hmm. so this is a series of articles uh, published by new york times okay. uh, where they completely expose the entire world of uh, child pornography they says like there are about 45 million uh. images and videos of uh, uh, child sexual uh, abuse out on the internet oh, okay. okay so what happens is uh, there is also a pedophile community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that engages with each mm-hmm. other and they learn how to lure a child mm-hmm. okay and what they also say is uh, they call themselves as producers mm-hmm. what they do is it's not just the sexual abuse mm-hmm. but recording the sexual abuse and publishing oh, great. they, they awesome. call themselves as uh, on one hand all these encryption and uh, encrypted technologies helping us to have that privacy and all that so this is being Uh, capitalized by uh, predators so uh, what are your thoughts and uh, i mean uh, how do you see this entire uh, child uh, pornography uh, thing ah well um honestly i haven't dwelled too much into it mm. uh, because child sexual abuse itself is a huge topic to deal with and uh, the pedophile who, who abuses a child um his homework is watching child pornography so that's where he gets all his ideas from and that's that's what stimulates him so basically child sexual abuse or pedophilia is a mental health disorder and you need to consider it that way okay um and all this uh, sexual perversion okay um say for example i'm i'm only around by pregnant women hmm. that is somebody's hmm. fetch somebody hmm. likes that i'm only aroused by children hmm. fortunately that is termed as mental health order today mm. so um yeah what one can do about it is uh, 
observing I mean, it's not about doing about it. Yeah. It's, it's more like how are we actually seeing it? Like okay. nobody is able to take any action. That's right. I I only see it as a mental health disorder, and uh, I think uh, some kind of uh, you know. Um, I told you, you know secret operation and we have to burst all these uh, people out we have to bring them out in the open and probably shame them in front of the family that can probably help <laughs> see for example i'll tell you what my my one of my clients uh, mm. uh, she told me that her husband was under severe depression because her husband's father is a ch- serial child abuser okay okay so they caught him red handed mm. okay uh, what happened one of the family members when she went to uh, Mm, confess uh, mm. with the priest mm. at the church mm. she told the father that uh, this uncle is a creepy uncle mm. he is disturbing me uh, so many things the father gave some kind of uh, confidence this girl came back home and told everybody that mm. this guy is a creep mm. that's when around 35 to 40 women in that family they mm. all told that they have been abused by this guy mm. so they were all quiet they were all handling it they were all suffering in silence mm. and the eldest among them was about 55 years old mm. so she was being abused from when she was a child okay mm. so this was going on on so un- unless you shame and catch hold of somebody he will keep on abusing mm. for example somebody who abused me mm. since i have spoken about him to anybody mm. he's continuing it mm. okay and i feel very guilty every single day i feel mm. guilty mm. okay he still continue okay he mm. has a family he has children so i didn't talk about it mm. because at that stage like and today i don't have any proof that anything happened yeah like people are harassing chinmayi for not yeah. having a proof Yeah. you cannot carry all these proofs every time with you correct and a family member will keep getting to family somehow or the other okay mm. he has a trust of everybody first mm. of all so if i have not reported somebody the mm. person is continually abusing some child somewhere mm. that's what i understand mm. he's a it's a mental health disorder mm. so for me shaming them bringing them out in the out to the open that's the only way these this all this all this can be busted so now that it is a, a probably a health issue okay. right mental okay. health or physical mm-hmm. it is it's a health issue yeah. so now if it is a health issue Does shaming actually help? Shaming. Uh, how else will the world know that this person has been doing this to children? That's the only way. I don't think you can go um, reform him. Mm. I, I don't think wherever I have read it, it, mm. it doesn't really have a solution per mm. se. This person has this issue. Mm. Maybe he can be put on some meds to not have any sexual, mm. uh, you know, feelings to anybody. Hmm. Otherwise, he is only getting attracted to children. What we hmm. do? Hmm. If that was normal in the community, then okay, we would have accepted it. Hmm. Maybe he, we can put him in jail and probably release him after ten hmm. years. Hmm. But after releasing, also he is only getting attracted to pe- hmm. children. Now, what hmm. do we do with these people? Lock them for life. I think hmm. we can control the pollution uh, population that way a little bit. And uh, yeah, pollution would be a good term. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that's all I have to say about it. I don't think there's a solution for these people. Okay. Uh, see, for example, mm. you cannot really change somebody who's a gay, mm. right? Mm. We all know today mm. that is not a choice. Mm. It's something hormonal. Mm. It's something basic in the person's mm. brain. Mm. Like that, pedophilia is in the person's brain. Mm. How how do we really change the brain? Mm. We cannot do anything about it. The person is forever going to be sexually aroused by children. Mm. We can change this mm. behavior, unfortunately. So like a catch twenty two situation. Yeah. Right? Like you can't really do it. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. Awesome, awesome. So, uh, uh, so this section is called uh, "Explain Like I'm Five." <laughs> Explain like I'm five. Mm-hmm. What is sex? Okay. You can think. No, no. Gather I'm so used to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
so when a man and a woman mm. are in a very committed relationship mm. they love each other so much mm. and they want to make a baby mm. so during age 5 6 and all it's only for baby making only by <laughs> age 8 or 9 we yeah. convey that sex is for pleasure yeah. so since you are 5 years old yeah. so when they decide to make a baby mm. uh, they get really close to each other mm. they hug each other they kiss each other and they express their love for each other mm. and what genital does the man have so the child will say penis mm. because the child has already been mm. trained in it mm. so he puts his penis mm. into the woman's mm. what genital does a woman have so the child is mm. already trained in mm. vagina mm. it's a vagina so the man puts his penis into the vagina and then there's a there's something called a sperm inside the penis mm. which is a small organism a small mm. Um, mm. floating organism mm. it can float into the vagina and inside the vagina there are eggs mm. so there is one egg which is like really ready to make a baby when the sperm meets the egg mm. they fuse together and they form an egg or a baby mm. sorry a baby yeah so when the baby is formed inside the uterus not the stomach mm. never say stomach because stomach <laughs> is the place where there is a lot of stomach acids the baby will die immediately when it's born So tell there's a special mm. place inside the woman's body called the uterus. Mm. Uh, the baby starts growing inside the uterus. Mm. After nine months, mm. the 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 the, the woman's uh, uterus grows to the size of a huge watermelon. Mm. And show it's seen from outside that her tummy is getting bigger. Mm. The baby has completely grown. Mm. When the baby decides to come out, mm. the baby tells the mother mm. that it's ready. Uh, and the baby comes out through the vagina. Mm. If there is any problem. Mm. the doctor will make a cut on mm. the woman's tummy and mm. remove the baby through the cut so the baby can come out through the vagina which is a vaginal birth otherwise it can come through the tummy which is a cesarean birth that's all that's how baby awesome, awesome. it is very beautiful the way you yeah. put it like a you know storytelling i mean yeah. it, i think it comes naturally to you because you are a, a mother probably i don't see the first time i had the conversation yeah. with my child i was freaking out as a panicking <laughs> i sweated like crazy yeah. but when i found that she took it very lightly yeah. oh this is a, oh okay she didn't understand uh, uh, sperm egg, mm. nothing mm. she was more focused on the baby part okay when i told this forms a baby oh mm. <laughs> so she was completely okay. distracted with the baby okay. uh, we have we made the conversation around 10 12 times now okay. she knows what the process is okay. i don't know how much she remembers but okay. at least she knows this is from not from sky and mm. rainbow and clouds and everything Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Awesome. So it was fantastic talking to you. Like, you. I mean, I really enjoyed the conversation. I had a lot of insights uh, talking to you. I think we'll probably implement. I a think lot you've of... got information to become a sexuality health educator now. Yeah. So really. much of information. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it really helps the other educators who are listening to it. Absolutely. So thanks again. Thank you so much. Thank you. that was swati jagdish if you want to know more about her work check her out on instagram her instagram handle is mayas_amma m a y a s_a m m a and uh, instagram is the best way to reach out to her in case you are looking for uh, personal counseling for your children or for yourself or if you want to attend any of her workshops basically she puts out all the updates uh, over on uh, instagram hello educator is produced by mango education follow us on anchor fm apple podcast google podcast spotify or any podcasting apps we are there everywhere 
if you like our podcast leave a review or a like in your podcasting app it would be really helpful feel free to drop in your feedback as a comment anywhere across our social media handles as always thanks a lot for listening until the next episode this is asif signing off uh give me five tips to become a better rj okay as an rj when i didn't know the full form of rj uh, immature and naive okay so kutti apo hmm. this is part of the this thing or summa you are asking